0: For days I beat myself up, then comes this past Sunday, and my husband's sermon was about Moses and five excuses Moses had, so I'm sitting there listening, taking notes, and I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me, you need to tell your story, people need to hear your story.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another podcast, Silencing a Stigma. We have a guest with us today. Her name's Mindy, and she is going to share with us a story, Um, and I'll be honest, I don't know what that story is. I have not heard it. I don't know anything about it, so she's going to uh, speak on that just a little bit. Mindy, um she's grabbing
2: her tissues already.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she brought a box of tissues with her. So I just want to share, Mindy and I have um, children the same age. They played on the same basketball team. Mindy is also the wife of Todd, who was on a previous podcast with their son, Tyler. So she reached out to Austin last week and asked if she could come on. She feels as though her stories can help someone. And we always like that. When people reach out to us, we we like that because that means that they're here for the right reason and they want to share a story because we all are on this podcast because we want to help at least one person and so if we can help one person that's all we're asking for so thank you Mindy for reaching out to Austin last week and we'll get started
2: tell us a little bit about yourself first
0: okay um well Todd and I've been married almost 28 years now and um we have three children we have Tyler who's 27 um He's getting ready to have his first son. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) I told her she's going to love it. I'm
0: excited. I have to ask,
2: did you know Tyler twist ears back when he was little? He did what? He twist people's ears.
0: I heard you say that. Did you hear that? You didn't know that? No. Oh, man. I had to laugh
2: earlier when we were talking because I was like, yeah, he twists ears.
0: He'll do that to his son. Oh, poor child. (laughs) But anyhow, so then we have Madison who... um, is 22, and thank God blessed us many years later with Brayden, who is nine. Um, I have several different businesses. I do payroll and bookkeeping uh, for clients, and I also am a Lularoe consultant, a health coach.
2: You're a health coach. A
0: health coach. A mom, soon to be grandma. <laughs> a wife. A pastor's wife. <laughs> we wear many hats. But yeah. Good.
1: Awesome.
2: What's a What's a health coach? A
0: health coach. Um, For people who want to get healthy, um, it's all, it's for me. Is it like
2: nutrition-based? It,
0: it is, but it's it's more than that. Um, for me, several years ago, I was I hit rock bottom.
2: Oh, we're getting into the story? No, not yet, but uh. this, is another,
0: <laughs> this is another rock bottom. <laughs> Where, um, as women, we're very hard on ourselves. And yeah, I see it. I was at Boscoff shopping for a bathing suit yeah <laughs> and they don't make bathing suits for moms it's for teeny boppers you know yeah. as a mom I want to be you know I want to wear something that I'm I'm covered and I was not finding anything and I was frustrating and I actually as I'm um, shopping I'm there crying in the middle of boss cops. <laughs> these two two women come up to me I'm like are you okay honey I'm like yeah I'm okay um so I picked out some suits, went to the dressing room, tried them on, and yeah, <laughs> shot them all down. But I left there, like I said, I hit rock bottom. Like, you know, something's got to give. And I just was not happy with myself and who I was, the way I looked, the way I felt. Um, and I was on Facebook and I was, I don't even know how I became friends with this lady. I don't know if, um, we obviously have mutual friends. Okay. So I had clicked on her profile was looking and um i was like wow this is almost too good to be true like
2: usually is then
1: yeah
0: well right you know so i reached out to her and i asked her about you know the program because she lost um i think it was like 76 pounds and she struggled with weight all all her life yeah. um and she lost the weight and was able to keep it off I'm like okay so I went for it, lost the weight, and now I just help other people to, to, to be healthy. You know, it's I think about it's the best choices. way to
2: do it, though. Like, actually go through the process. That way you've been through it and you know the ins and outs, and then you can help other people do it. Right. Kind of right. like the podcast.
1: Absolutely. So is it diet and exercise or mostly what you're eating? It's not a diet. It's
0: okay. a life, life change. Life change, okay. It's a life change, and it truly is, because if your mind is not in it for the right reason, you have to have that Why? It, you're gonna fail. Yeah. And if you're not ready and motivated to do it, you're gonna you're going to fail. And I don't look at it as a diet; it's a healthy way of living. Okay. Um, I eat six meals a day. I'm eating every three hours. I eat five meals. I purchased you know purchase the program, purchase their food. Okay. Um, and then I eat one meal, cook meal, a day. Okay. Um, you want to stay in that fat burn so you don't want to exercise i was up for that i'm like hey yeah are you taking okay. notes this is all free content right here <laughs> because you want to stay in that fat burn phase okay and it was it was pretty awesome todd did it with me too okay um, a couple months afterwards but um yeah that's cool okay and you just learn you know learn eat healthier you know feel better have that energy that's awesome yeah
1: good okay a little bit about lindy let's no.
2: uh let's dive in. Let's dive if you don't mind.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: <laughs> I'm going to take you back because it pretty much um, goes back to when I was a very young child. Um, so I have an older sister and an older brother, and I'm the baby. Um, when I refer to my father, it's my biological father. Um, when I say dad, I'm going to refer to my stepdad because he's the one that raised me. So I I consider him my dad. Um, my biological father was abusive to my mother physically, mentally, and I witnessed that at a very young age. And unfortunately
1: I carried that with me as an adult. Did your family, your sister, brother, they witnessed it as well? Yes. The whole entire family witnessed it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not quite sure how they,
0: you know, how they dealt with it. Um, okay. But my parents did get um, divorced, I think, I don't know, when I was three or four. Um, and you think, you may ask why, you know, how can you remember <laughs> when you were that young? But mm-hmm. it's just something that stays with you. You know, you don't forget the bad, right. the ugly when my mom left, the day that she left, she left with us three kids with, with nothing. My aunt had called her uh, because she needed to ride home from work. My aunt didn't drive. And my mom said, sure, I'll come pick you up. And apparently a couple minutes later, my aunt must have called back and said, yeah, no, you don't have to. Someone from work is going to bring me home. And my mom, I think, was pretty persistent, like, no, I'll come get you. Okay. That was, you know she decided that moment that she was going to leave my biological father. Again, she up and left with nothing. So my mom raised us three children on her own, never had support, child support, child support from my dad, uh, from my biological father. Um, he never reached out to visit us or to come
1: see us or talk to us. Did he chase after her when she left? No. Okay, he just let her leave.
0: Yes, he um, apparently was seeing somebody else as well. Okay.
2: This is tough for you, ain't it?
0: it, it is. <laughs> I how, mean, I have I had, I have forgiven him, um, and that was that was a hard thing to do. So in order for me to heal, I had to forgive my biological father. Right. And. Um, I did that actually. Todd and I, um, years ago went to, uh, joined a group. It's basically a lot of couples go to the group if they're having problems in their marriage. Todd and I wanted to go and and join the group to make our marriage stronger because people were like, why are you here? (laughs) Okay. Um, kind of thing. But one of the lessons was forgiveness. So that was, that was really, it was tough. (laughs) It was a really hard thing to do. Um, but again, like I said, in order for me to heal, I had,
1: I had to forgive him. It wasn't, did he deserve it? So do they teach you to forgive, but not forget? I'm just, I've always been curious because I read a lot of sayings and I post a lot of positive, um, sayings on, on the page. And I read somewhere once where you can forgive, but you don't have to forget it's who i it's it's
0: part of me it's part of my story so i don't okay. i don't think i'll ever forget
1: yeah i agree with that
0: okay i can forget i was just curious yeah. Like, what yeah. do
1: they teach you when you go there do they teach you to forgive and forget or just forgive and it's part of your story and you have that's like past that's it? like
2: me saying just forget about kyle
1: yeah i understand i'm Move just on. curious like how they how these counselors deal with that oh you're just you're just wondering yeah I'm, I'm not like I'm not ever going to forget right. but I just didn't know how in certain circumstances or situations did they try to get you to forget they, okay. they for, say forgiving.
2: forgiving is a big deal like it's hard to do
1: it is it really is
0: my mom left my mom left so. my biological father and I, again, um, she, she raised us three children. And there's like a lot of time that might have went by that I don't like a lot of things I don't remember. And I don't know if it's because I pushed it so far back right. in my in my memory.
2: Yeah.
0: And then I think, okay, maybe God doesn't want me to remember. Like he's shielding me. He's protecting me so that I don't know. Because um, I did go through counseling for that and and we tried to suppress it and just nothing, you know, nothing would come. And um, so that's just what I've decided that I'm not supposed to know. know. And if I am supposed to know, God will will reveal it to me. Um, Oh, wow, we're gonna really fast forward to me as a teenager, my mom and my dad, my stepdad. Wow. They were together for a very long time. <laughs> Didn't I get married though <laughs> until I was in high school. Okay. Um, but I was that rebellious child and you know, it's obviously he's not my biological dad. So, you know, I would go say really mean, hurtful things. Like you're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do, that kind of thing. Um, wow how you mature when you get older (laughs) you know (laughs) and then you look back and like yeah um i said that because there's times when my mom said uh, that i told her that i hated her and i'm like i can't i can't imagine saying that to my mom like my mom is my best friend we are so close like yeah you know obviously i did and it was not the right thing to do um so i was a teenager and for me because i didn't have that father figure in my life. I feel that now that I'm an adult looking back that I felt that I always had to have a boyfriend, like in high school. Okay. Because you you didn't have that love. You're filling the void. Yes, absolutely. You know, other people. They turn to alcohol or drugs or or things like that. Um, That was my void. When I was in junior high, really awkward moment, my assistant brother took me to see my biological father. So here you are putting me in front of a total stranger. Obviously he had remarried the lady that he was seeing and had two sons it was just very awkward (laughs) so i continued to go visit him you know then i was able to drive so i would go myself but it was always the same heartbreak i would go visit not like hi how are you i missed you he didn't ask anything what was going on with my life he always brought up the past okay and he would say really mean nasty things about my mother that I knew in my heart was not true because that's just not who she was that's not the kind of person my mother was and I would always leave very upset there again you're a teenager you have to learn sometimes the hard way and learn on your own you know,
1: so you weren't forced to go. You chose to go. correct
0: okay, correct. right. Um, again, feeling that void
1: mm-hmm.
0: and feeling that you have to have a boyfriend constantly have you know a boyfriend. Um, I was a junior in high school, and I guess I was just at my breaking point. boyfriend broke up with me. I was having issues with my biological father. I wanted to know him and love him, but I wasn't getting that in return. So that day, I went home from school, and I just, I don't know, I guess it just snapped. I went into the bathroom, and whatever I can find in the cabinets, I just grabbed pills. I can't even tell you what I took. And then I went back to my bedroom. And then I started to get scared. I called a friend. She wasn't home, but her mom could tell that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. So I hung up the phone with her, called another friend, which was, ironically, was a guy that I had dated, um, he was a EMT with Red Lion. next thing I know, him and another guy um, from school showed up at my house. And from there, it's, it's, it's so black and foggy. I remember opening the door and walking back to my bedroom. And I was just tired. I just wanted to sleep, which is natural because I've mm-hmm. taken taking me- uh, pills and medicine, whatever I have, like, again, I have no idea what I took. Uh, they tried to keep me awake. Apparently, my first friend that I called and her mother knew that something was wrong. She called my parents at work. An ambulance came. I can be honest. I don't remember riding in the ambulance. I don't remember any of that. The next thing that I do remember is waking up at the hospital they did make me drink the charcoal, okay. the nasty charcoal, the black tar. <laughs> I remember drinking that? Um, again, I'm back and forth, you know, sleeping and being awake, and then, so I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the bathroom. I feel really sick. Um, my parents apparently had to sign that they would be in charge of me, that they would take care of me, because apparently they wanted to admit me at your hospital. Okay. And my mom's like, no, she she doesn't need that um so I went home let me sorry let me back up a little bit um prior to this happening I was already going through counseling with somebody and this person really wasn't helping me at all so then you know I tried to commit suicide by overdosing on pills and again my parents took me home and It was tough because they didn't want to. They obviously didn't want to leave my side. You know, they didn't want to go anywhere Absolutely. and keep me, keep me. At, you know, for me to stay at home because they, they questioned my decision making. Uh, we did find another uh, counselor. Wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, I just learned of her passing though last week. Oh wow! Yeah, she's was, she was just a short, short little thing, um, sweet. Had a very big heart, and she helped me a lot helped me be able to recover um but just some of the things I dealt with was now mind you my mother did not mean this and, and, and as a negative thing or, right. or or a bad thing but I always kind of felt like I wasn't wanted obviously she she didn't tell me I wasn't planned so that was hard to deal with. Okay. And now she doesn't, and she would say, I don't know, I don't regret having you. I just pretty much wish it wasn't with my biological father. I'm like, well, if you didn't, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, okay. I get what she was saying. Yeah. But um, when you're put down, and when you feel like you're not loved, and when, um, obviously my mother loved me and I knew that, but as I'm talking about my biological father, so when you're constantly put down, we're not gonna amount to anything or you can't do this and um, it stays with you for a very long time it really does. Um, I didn't know myself worth. Okay. Never had confidence. But you know my mom said that I wasn't planned and I can say this today that I was planned because God had a plan a purpose for me. Absolutely. And me being here tonight—that's that's the reason why I'm here tonight because of the prompting of the Holy Spirit and and, and God wanting me to do this to share. Because if I keep my experience to myself and my testimony, I'm I'm not helping anybody, mm-hmm. you know. And if I can help one person,
1: if there's someone in your shoes right now that's feeling the way that you felt that moment that you had that breaking point and hearing your story helps them to seek more attention or to go reach out or to talk to anybody. It's going to be helpful. I mean, you said that your mom said that you weren't planned, but that day you tried to kill yourself. God wasn't finished with you at that point or he would have taken you. Absolutely. And so we don't know. I'm going to get emotional, too, because she's still here. There's a reason that you're still here. And you have three beautiful kids and, and your mom.
0: Absolutely. And I um, I wouldn't be who I am today because my mother is such a strong person, and that's where I've learned to be so strong because of my mom.
1: So where was your turning point? Like, so... You Obviously, your mom and your um, stepdad brought you home. You started counseling again. Yes. Did your family go to counseling with you as well? No, just me. Just you? Just
0: me. Yep.
1: And your siblings weren't affected by your biological father that you're aware of? You don't really know how they internalized that? I don't. um, Sometimes when my sister and I talk,
0: um, she'll tell me things. And we really do, we really do need to sit down and have a heart-to-heart talk, um, because some of the things I'm experiencing or have experienced, she said she has too. Okay. Um, she, you know, with the confidence and um, being able to to speak to people. I know she had said she struggled with that, being you know being put down, saying you're never going to mount anything, and.
1: Yes. How did they handle it after you got home from that incident? Were they angry with you? Were they supportive? My parents, your siblings,
0: my siblings. Okay, so my gosh, my sister was already moved out. When my mom and my stepdad got to, I don't know how to say, got together, met, sure. and they were building the house. You know where where uh, Tyler Tyler lives now. Um, in the country and when they were building that house my sister was a senior in high school so she didn't want to have to change schools so she actually lived with my grandparents for that senior year okay um and she's much older she's much older than me so we don't we never really growing up had that um close relationship okay like we do now that we're older um with my biological father too i had felt like so I have my brother, and then I have my two—I don't know—step brothers, half brothers, which I never really—I didn't. Well, I didn't have a relationship with them. I really never. I mean, I met them, but didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. But my biological father always made it us feel like the boys were the kings, and us girls were nothing. Okay. And I truly think. that he was not loved. He had three brothers. And I really feel like his mother, my grandmother, um, didn't show love, didn't know how to love. And I think she had her favorites. Okay. So I truly believe that's why he treated my mother the way he did.
1: His anger Mm -hmm. for his mother came out with your mother.
0: Right. But he also drank.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. Did he show up after you tried to kill yourself?
0: No. He, he didn't know. Okay. So after all that, I still went back to him. Still went back. And again, the same old, same old one I went there and I, I lost it. I just, it was kind of like a screaming battle, but I left him know how I felt. I'm like, you know, why, why do you think I did what I did? Why do you think I tried to to kill myself, he had no idea, and part of it was because of him. So that day when I left, I never went back. Never went back. Um, to this, I mean, I never invited him to my graduation, my wedding. He never knew my children.
1: Is he still alive today?
0: No, he's. He had um, MS. Okay. He's, he's been passed a couple years now. Okay. Yes. Um. And I had to do that. I had to do it for me.
1: So when you left that day, you did you know at that point, I'm never going back? Yes. So you made your mind up. Regardless of what he would have said, you already had your mind made up. If he would have said, I'm so sorry, would you have changed your mind, or were you that angry that you, you're done? I was that angry I was done. Okay. <laughs> so it wouldn't have mattered what he said. Pretty sure of that,
0: yes. Okay. Yes, because my adrenaline was, I mean
1: okay
0: back in the day before I was saved (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, I had a temper okay and very fly off the handle
1: (laughs) did he ever try to reach out to you after that day no how does that make you feel
0: Uh, okay you know I just like I said when I left I had my mind made up that I wasn't turning back and marriage ministry International, was that's the, the, was, the was the group I knew I would remember. <laughs> um, that's and I went to yes, yes. Um, so from there, um, like I said, I was a junior. I was a junior in high school. I went back to school. Kids kind of looked at me a little differently, but
1: so were they aware? I okay. believe so.
0: Okay, I think so. I, obviously, my close friends, you know, were. But um, going back to wa- wanting to constantly have a boyfriend, feeling loved, you know, I had girlfriends that dated older guys. Now, when I say that, I mean maybe like a year or two older. Okay. And obviously, these these guys would have jobs, so they had money, and they would, um, like, buy them flowers. They would buy them, you know, a really cute ring or chocolate, you know, buy them things. And... I know you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to cop and that stuff.
1: <laughs> but back then, back you know, then. you're a
0: teenager, and I, you know, I was like, "Wow, you know, that's great," <laughs> and you know, and I longed for that. So, yeah, <laughs> Am i proud of that. No, but continued counseling, and we got through everything. we got through it, and I healed. And then I guess what I graduated from high school was supposed to this is another God intervening as well. You think you have your life planned out, but God's like, No, that's not what you're to do. <laughs> so I had planned because I'm like, I want to get away as far as away far away as I can. And my aunt and uncle lived out in Missouri. So my parents took me, we went and visited a colleague out there. Actually, apply got accepted all of my personal things were out there at my aunt's two weeks before (laughs) Hmm. um I found out that my mom was going to my aunt's house and crying because she didn't want me to go and my aunt and cousin were not supposed to tell me this (laughs) but they did and I was like oh my gosh I can't go now I can't go you know obviously my mom would never tell me that because she wants the best yeah For me I couldn't because we were we were close and I just couldn't I couldn't do it um so I I stayed stayed home felt bad for my aunt because she had to ship all of my (laughs) belongings back (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I just went to you know went to York College part-time there again I was paying for my own college so I actually never even got my degree um I was dating a guy for almost three years here again God's plan is totally different than ours <laughs> thought that was the guy he was going to marry and he broke up with me and right away my parents were like
1: scared you're gonna
0: yeah. be okay you're not gonna try anything right I'm like no they were going somewhere for the night whether it was out to eat or go to a friend's house and I didn't want to go along Now you know you promised me yes mom I promise I'm fine I just want to be by myself
1: did it cross your mind though no absolutely not
0: no and um, I don't and I can sit here and honestly say I don't I'm a hundred percent sure that I would never do it again never no matter how bad things maybe would get for me or for you know my children or loved ones No, no okay absolutely not (laughs) Because now (laughs) I am saved and I know, you know, I have that heavenly father who loves me and does have a plan and a purpose for me. But back then I didn't. I I had no idea. You were lost. I I didn't even go to church. Like my parents didn't go to church.
2: What age did you start having a relationship with God?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, Todd and I first went to church. Madison was probably like three three.
2: It wasn't until later in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because um, my aunt and uncle would go to church, and my mom would take me, drop me off, (laughs) and I would stay with my aunt and uncle. Um, But I wasn't consistent in going every Sunday. Um, And I think Todd did say in his podcast that, and I just thought it was really odd, and I just kind of went along with it. We were driving home one day, and... He says, Oh, I think we're gonna go to church tomorrow. He and did like, share that. And I'm like, Wow, okay, sure. <laughs> 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 so well, yeah, and the rest is history. But
1: so did you did Todd already know or how did you approach Todd and let him know your story?
0: Gosh, I can't even tell you when I did tell him.
2: Did you feel like you had to tell? Him? No. You no. just got to the point where you're comfortable with them and just let I him think know. so.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: So forgiveness is a hard thing to do and you found yourself forgiving. How did you how did you come to that point? What steps did you take?
0: Again, we were in at the marriage ministry program, um, and that was one of the chapters, forgiveness. So Then I was saved, then I was saved, obviously. Um,
2: Can I ask you a question? uh Sure. What do you mean by saved? Just for, because I don't, I kind of get an idea of what that means, but not really. So,
0: sure. So I asked, um, I believe Jesus Christ. I believe who he is. Okay. I believe that he died and rose again. And I had asked him to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins.
2: Okay. I just had to know.
1: That's, okay. no, that's just the terminology that <laughs> right, they use.
0: Right. Right.
2: Okay.
1: So you were in this class on forgiveness. But before we go there, at this point your father, your biological father was still alive. Correct. When he passed, did you go to, to his, his funeral? funeral? Glad you asked. I did. Okay. For closure. Not for him, not because you were mourning him, or were you mourning him? You were still angry at that point, so you didn't mourn him. You just went for your own closure.
2: Uh, what's mourning mean? Grieving. Okay.
0: So I met up with my sister, and we went in together. Okay. Because remember I said that the boys were treated like kings, and us girls were not. We were not. We were dirt we were nobody so I said I forgave him but all those emotions came back that day as I sat at the funeral because my three brothers sat up front we sat behind which I was okay with that but they each got up and spoke of a man that I knew differently than they did and it was hard, and I sat there, and I wanted to get up and leave. I was angry. Okay. My, adrenaline was, my adrenaline and my anxiety were high, yeah. and it did. It brought all that back again.
1: That's hard to swallow. I mean, it was hard enough to get there, but then to have the description of a man that you didn't see that way ever to be told. It was like he was to them, he was this perfect, wonderful
0: man. And it was, I was angry. I'm like, do you
1: believe I was, they I felt was... that way? Or they were oh, just yes. covered? No, so no, they no, truly no, no. believed it. Because some yeah. people will go to a funeral and you'll sit there and someone will just say all these very nice things and they to don't be nice. believe it. They're just trying to be nice because that's what you do at someone's funeral. In no. those funerals, not all. Some people do get up and speak how they feel
0: right no it was that's how they felt okay but I'm sitting there thinking like I, w- I was robbed of that I really was and that's how I felt like I missed like I was robbed of it and I missed out
1: did you ever address them afterwards no say, I wish I could have had that relationship I didn't see that relationship nope. you just let it go
0: yep but as soon as that service was over I was out the door
1: and did you get your closure yes and no regrets no regrets that's important because when his
0: when his mother had passed away I struggled with that and I went to Todd's grandmother and I'm like she was my grandma but I never knew her I didn't have a relationship with her and she said go for closure go for you so there again, you know, when she had passed, she passed obviously before my biological father did, and my sister and I met up again, <laughs> and we went into the viewing. I think we just went to the viewing. I don't think we went to the funeral. Um, but there you are with family that they're all crying and they're all sad, and we just, and it's sad to say, like, I can't cry. There's no emotion.
1: You were just there for you. hmm did they approach you did anybody come up at all or did you feel like singled out like you didn't belong there
0: I felt like it didn't belong there it, okay. was, it was odd it was awkward okay yeah now they did talk to me but I was even uncomfortable with that okay
1: do you see any of them today no
0: I don't go to visit, but if I'm out and about or something and see him, I'll be like, "Oh, hi. How are you?" Okay, but
1: the steps of forgiveness. Sorry, I butted in there.
2: <laughs> Would you? Would you have to do? Would you have to tell yourself to forgive?
0: Everything that took place was not my fault. Obviously, I didn't have control of it. Yes, and also God, you know, He wants us to forgive.
1: So through God, you did you actually say to, the words, "God, I, I forgive him."
0: Yes. And it was like, a, you know, all that was lifted oh, off shit. of me. I felt good. Cool. <laughs> I really did, yeah. Because it was a, a big, heavy burden that I carried for a very long time. And it was something I had to do for me.
2: Would you say as soon as you did that, you found your self-worth? You had value in yourself? You gained that confidence back that you never had?
0: That was hard. Yeah. Even today, knowing who I am in Christ, it's still hard. Because I do struggle, and I taught Todd this all the time, I struggle with my purpose. Because you get caught up on the day-to-day things, and there's times where I'm like, I will feel I'm just a mom, I'm just a wife, just a pastor's wife, like I don't
2: but that's that's valuable, though. <laughs> Think about it. You're a mom. You're a wife. All those things are valuable. True.
1: Very true. Very true. You're,
2: you're a very valuable person. Everybody is. That's true. So don't... I know, but we, there's we times, yeah. We get caught up on those things, and we got to understand, like, we are valuable. We can We have our own opinions. We can say basically what we want. Don't let anything bring you down. We're all, we all have self-worth.
0: We do. And it, it, it took me a long time. Yeah. Because of being put down. And the way that my sister and I were treated by my biological father, yes. Right.
1: It's difficult. You need to keep Austin's phone number on speed dial. I, mean, I, I struggle with it too. He struggles. But honestly, through situations that we've been going through as a family... Over the past year, Austin reads a lot, and I will call him sometimes, and I cry, and I get emotional, and he will always build me up, and he always puts me to a spot where uh, when I hang up, I'm like, okay, thank you. That's because awesome. it's true, because we all do have He She a- uses me. We all- <laughs> he's my son. Our relationship, I'd say, over the past year has truly grown tremendously, and he's my support. Um, sometimes he calls and asks my questions, but lots of times he will say you, your purpose is this and your purpose can change. And so you do have a purpose. We all have a purpose. And sometimes it's not as easily. I struggle with it. too. And we pray, I pray like, what is my purpose here? Like I'm like you sometimes, what am I doing at this age? What do I have? Why am I here?
0: Again, I think, you know, for me, I get caught up on the, you get caught up on the day to day things and, you know, I have a nine year old,
1: <laughs> but we also look at but, other people and we don't know what they're going through, but we assume that their life is perfect. When you see that friend that you haven't seen forever and they're smiling, you're like, gosh, they're lucky. And we have no idea what they're hiding because people don't share until you came here today and sat here and just told the story. We sat through how many painless, I'm not painless, painful basketball games. And we think about that too sometimes, how caught up we were, like with the coaching and how they were hurting our kids. And we would get so angry at these games that mean nothing to us now. But I never would have guessed that this was your story. Literally, when you responded to Austin, I text back, what's the, sto- what's the subject? And when he told me, I was like, Okay, I had no idea. We talked before this, I had no idea.
2: Yeah, I had no idea. You yeah. know, so
1: people hide things. And it's great that you're here to share it. And that's your purpose. Your purpose might be someone listening to this podcast on a Sunday morning and saying, wow, I am worth living. You know, I am worth this. Who do I get to? Who do I talk to to prove that I'm worth this? Or they're going to hear your story and say, she survived this because she's worthy of that. They're going to listen to some people that don't follow God's way. Maybe they're gonna follow God's way and say, Wow, she prayed. I don't know, you know, Austin's asking what saved me. Maybe someone's gonna research and and reach out and say, I better start thinking about this, that everybody has a purpose and we don't know what our neighbor's going through. We just assume because they're smiling that right. we you know.
0: Well, I had a a friend that we were childhood friends. And she committed suicide a couple of years ago. But you're exactly right, you go into Facebook and you, and you look on her page or anyone else's page and it looks like, wow, they got a great life. You know, they're healthy, they have children, they're married, but her, her life wasn't like that at all. And it's, it broke my heart
1: because we don't talk about it we're still not really talking about it i mean covid you're reading in the newspaper you're hearing on the news suicide rates are extremely high now and it's because people are spending so much time alone that they can't find their self-worth because they can't help others so now you're stuck with yourself
0: depression anxiety all of it
1: and it's it's relevant in younger people I mean, you said this was in junior high. It's happening younger than that. In elementary
0: school, yes. Um, actually, in 2020, the second leading cause of death for ages 10 to
1: 34. Suicide. suicide. Ten. Ten years. Age is 10.
0: Breeden's nine. And you think?
1: How?
2: Yeah, like that age. How do you? you
0: what think, stress do they have? Right. Exactly. Exactly.
2: But how do you understand, like, your growth at the age of nine? That's, that's crazy.
1: To understand that it's, to, at that yeah, age, like, do they even understand this is final? Like, there's no yeah. coming back from this. That's
2: what I'm saying. Do they actually understand what they're doing when they do it?
1: That, that statistic that you just read starts at 10 years old. 48,344
0: Americans died by suicide in 2020. The fourth leading cause of death for ages 35 to 54. And like you said, this in 2021, it's, I mean, I know we're only in March, but it's
1: the highest it's ever been. Because people just feel like there's no, there's there's no no answer. There's no hope. And everything's shut down and the community I mean even your church gatherings you can't have them I mean we talked about this on another podcast we talked about the opioid addiction and the overdoses are extremely high right yes. now and it's because people can't be around people they can't be around their support systems that they need
0: or your own family yeah right after your support system absolutely
2: back to when you were trying to kill yourself you said you took all the pills and then you went back to your room and you felt scared what do you mean by that so you a, had the, was afraid you had the intention to actually do it
0: right but, but i would, the really didn't want to do it right
2: i hear stories about people that jump off bridges just think about your last thought as soon as you commit as soon as you commit to jumping off think about your thoughts on the way down Is just really what i want to do but it's too late So it was kind of like in your instance, you had time to think about it, and then you're like, "Wow, I didn't really want to do this." Right. So people get to that point, not understanding what's actually in front of them until they commit, and then that's where. it...
0: I mean, it wasn't it? Wasn't even like I planned it and said, "Hey, I'm going to go do this kind of thing." I just, I just did it. I just acted, right. and I, I think I panicked and got scared because I also have asthma. Um yeah.
2: I always wondered like I've heard stories when I was in when I was in high school, maybe after high school, of kids like similar to our age trying to commit suicide and I I was always questioning that. I was always like how how do you come to that point? How do you get to that point to where you actually wanna to harm yourself? Like I never understood that until kyle passed away because i got so deep it was to the point where like I, I i would drive to work and i wouldn't care if like somebody would hit me and i would die like it got to that that low point it wasn't to the point where i wanted to harm myself but i was okay with if something would happen to me it was that low and then i finally like it kind of got a glimpse of what these people deal with like i'm like it, you got to get to a very low point to actually want to do something to yourself and it's it's scary i've never i never really wanted i never i can say i never wanted to commit suicide but i was okay like i was down that low i was to the point where i was like who cares if
1: you died you died kind who of cares?
2: thing Yeah,
1: i'm not gonna do it but yeah if it happens it happens and
2: but i answered my own question is what yeah. i'm trying to say
1: yeah it's funny that you say that because I say that right now. I don't want to die. I mean, I'm a new grandma. I'm excited. But I'm also at peace if it happens because I know what's coming. And, and in face, so in your situation, you were, you were saying I was okay with it because I was at a low. And in my situation right now, I'm okay with it because I'm at a high. Would it scare me? I say that I wouldn't even be afraid. I would be.
2: But I was going to say, just,
1: that's just natural that you are. But like I live my life and every night before I go to bed, I always say, God, if you take me through the night, like I'm ready. And I often said, you know what? Most of my family is in heaven right now. So, but then I think about the kids that I still have left here and then I just put it in I God's hands. still have name. left here? <laughs> well, I have you <laughs> and I, you know, I have a new grandson. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I don't want to hurt them. But me personally, I'm at a spot where if it's, I always say God every night, if it's my time tonight, I always make sure I don't have any regrets. Like to your point, like you were at peace. Like I always say, if I'm not talking to someone, I may have forgiven them. And I can actually say right now, as I sit here, I could die right now and I would have no regrets. Like I try to make peace with everybody all the time. And so... For you to say you forgave your, your biological father gives you that peace. Like it's the end of that. I can't change it. And that's huge. For you to share that, like that's huge. And part
0: of the healing process too for me, um I was didn't realize this time as an adult, but I was watching I won't say which talk show, but I was watching a <laughs> talk show. <laughs> and they had these young girls on here. Now this Mind you, it was not my case at all, but I'm telling you what was on the show that day um, were young girls who had sexual relationships with men, older men, grown men, mm-hmm. and these are young, young girls. And I'm sitting there watching this, and it hit me. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. they all had different stories whether or not they had you know a father in their life but that was a turning point Mm
1: -hmm. like wow and that's what they're looking for they're missing something i i mean i shared on another podcast when you talk um my father and mother were separated i don't remember anything so when you were saying you can't remember i don't remember i don't remember my dad living there i don't even know how old i was when he left i think i was like eight or nine but i shared on another podcast i didn't go to that extreme but honestly he never said he loved me till i was married it was like a couple years before he passed away and i literally cried when he said it and he said to joe take care of my daughter i love her and i remember like just bawling my eyeballs out and Joe's like, why are you crying? Your dad just said he loved you. And I said, that's the first time he ever mm-hmm. told me that. And I was, wow. like, late 40s, probably, when he said it. So everybody reacts differently. But to the same point, I was like, oh, my gosh, my dad just said he loved me. And, and that, you know,
0: that's growing up. And I don't know if it was back then, back in the day. My parents never said that to me.
1: And we don't. I mean, we don't, we don't really say it. We know that we love each other, but
2: your parents is a byproduct of their parents, which are byproducts of their parents. So everything gets, like you said earlier, everything gets passed down and then you get taught the way you're, you were taught basically when you're growing up. So it's like, are you going to break that cycle or you're, you,
0: you break it. Yeah. Because when Todd and I were dating the first time he said I love you, I had a hard time telling him and I I, I couldn't I couldn't say it to him.
2: I have a hard time and he, saying it. he he
0: had I mean he understood yeah. because I wasn't ready to say that. Um, but every time we talk on the phone because he called me at three o'clock every day <laughs> <laughs> I waited by the phone because then he was gonna ring at three o'clock every day. And um, it was always I love you. Mm-hmm. Every time, you know, even today when we hang up the phone and you know, with my parents.
1: Do you say you. it to them now? Mm-hmm.
0: And they say it back to the kids, you know, to all my kids.
1: Yep. When did you say you loved him? When did you realize <laughs> that you loved
0: him? I mean, it, it probably took me, I don't know, a couple months into okay. dating.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Mindy. You're like welcome. It took a lot to come here and share this story. Um, it's not something that people share all the time. And I believe that it will help someone. And, and what I'm taking from this is we really need to find our self worth. I was told just a couple months ago, you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're beautiful every morning and you're worth it. Yeah. And, and this individual only knew me for a couple weeks and he said, you need to look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful and I'm worth it. He said, you will smile when you do that. And I was like, well, that's <laughs> what I have on. Because <laughs> I might scare myself. But I think that's important. And we need to do that. We need to see ourselves as important. Well, a again lot of it's us a struggle
0: with that. I'm only here because of God. I mean, even doing this podcast right now it's totally out of my comfort zone Um, and I know Kathy I shared with you before the podcast started um, but one of my we call them LuLaRoe sisters one of our LuLaRoe sisters um, was doing a fundraiser for a family where this mother had committed suicide and had kids in her house so in comes this other lady and adopts her children. And one of her adoptive daughters commits suicide, I believe it was 2017. And it was hard on the family. Now you have 2021, 20, where one of the sons committed suicide. And he did pass, I believe, on the 23rd of February. So the family's gone through this again. And the hardship you know, financially as well, and the healing that needs to take place. So she was doing a fundraiser and asked some of us local girls to join in, and I'm like, absolutely. So for my Facebook group that I have, um, I just thought it would be easier for me just to go live and kind of explain the fundraiser a little bit. I got emotional, (laughs) told some of my story. But then after that, I was beating myself up oh why did you say this why did you say that I went into too much detail I really shouldn't have done that I probably should just made it simple and said you know I can relate because I too tried to commit suicide and just let it at that so for days I beat myself up then comes this past Sunday and my husband's sermon was about Moses and five excuses Moses had so I'm sitting there listening taking notes and I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me, you need to tell your story. People need to hear your story. Because probably for maybe, oh, golly gee, I'm afraid to even say this, maybe like the last year, maybe it could be longer. I felt like God telling me I need to write a book. Okay, God, uh, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to write a book. I don't know the first thing about writing a book, don't know how to go about it. I was really excited, but then that, that died, and then he prompts me again, and I do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's prompting me again, you know, this Sunday to tell, you know, you need to tell your story, and I'm like, uh, okay, God, but I need to know it's really you. If you really want me to do this, you will tell me that <laughs> you want me to uh-huh. do this. Give me some kind of confirmation. So Todd's closing up service, and he's praying, and he's praying. And he said, you know, you're going to have the devil whispering in your ear not to do it and tell you all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. You're going to beat yourself up. And I'm like, okay. Thanks for the confirmation, honey. <laughs> and I told him that after after service. I'm like, thanks for the confirmation. I'm like, I really feel like I need to share my story. And he's like, well, why? And, you know, I explained to him. You know, I've been, that was the devil whispering in my ear. No, don't do it, you know. So, now about that book, I don't know. I still struggle <laughs> with that book. And one of the excuses is you just don't want to do it. <laughs> Plain and simple, you just don't want to do it. You know, come on, guy, Let somebody else do it. But, but maybe the sign else is
1: just telling your story, and it came yeah. out like as a book, and, and you're sharing your story. And obviously, Todd is going to start a podcast as well. He yes. started his, Austin said he helped him. Yeah. So, your story could just travel. I mean, we don't even know where these podcasts go. Like, who, who might hear it? Who might not? Where is it going to go?
0: But there's always hope. But there's going to be
1: hope that one person hears it and doesn't feel alone or can even forgive. Like, there's so many key things in this podcast so that even just forgiving for yourself.
0: You may feel like, well, that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. Well, why should I forgive him or her? You know but again it's for you it's for you to heal and for you to have peace and and to be able to move on
1: and also to think like what went through their head why were they the way they were I mean they had to make their choices but where were they at you know I always look nowadays the the other person like her biological father Mm. what was going on in his head She's rolling her eyes. She doesn't even want to know. But you know, like, we all make choices. Right. And we all, we would think that we're doing the best that we can at that time. But then back then, also, because she was
0: being physically abused, back then you didn't talk about it. Right. It was swept under the carpet and you stayed for the kids. Because that was another thing I, I struggled with, too, was as I got older, I'm like, Why didn't you just leave him? I mean, that'd be the easiest thing to do. But I didn't fully understand. He threatened her. Mm -hmm. Threatened to kill her or threatened to kill us or take us kids.
1: And it's interesting that you're saying that right now because this is a segue into... I don't know if it's going to be in the chronological order, but my next uh, guest we're going to record because obviously it's Wednesday night now, it's gonna play on Sunday. She's coming on Monday and she was an abused wife. And that's some of the questions and some of the answers why she stayed because people ask her that, why did you why did you stay through that? How how could you live like that? And so now that you're saying that like that's a a story she shared most of her story with me and she was so passionate about it and I said your story could really help a lot of women who are going home especially now with COVID where they're not coming out of their house and it's it's happening to children it's happening to wives it's happening to men because women can be just as abusive how many people right now are at home you see on Facebook and things now like do a code, like start talking about makeup. And if you say this, I know that you need help. You right. need somebody to come because everybody's threatened. So it's interesting that you said that like with your mom, because I'm really excited to get her story out there as well.
0: Yeah. And two, they, they also will tell you, I'm sorry. I love you. I won't do it again. And you believe them. Yep.
2: Just yeah. Tyler news story?
0: You know, that's, that's a good question. Cause I asked Todd tonight. I'm like I don't know that I ever shared my story with my two oldest. I don't. I don't know, but they'll find out sooner, <laughs> soon. Soon <laughs> enough, right? Um, yeah, I mean everybody. Everybody has a purpose, and you know, like I said, I sometimes I do. I struggle with mine.
2: Uh, yeah, it's it's Pray. hard. It's hard.
1: Pray on it. I spend a lot of time with God, as you do. And I can say probably years ago, not so much. Like when I needed something.
2: Do you feel like he filled, filled a void inside you?
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like he's guiding me. It's, it's a strange connection that I've gotten just in the recent years. And I, I talk all the time. I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for God guiding me and helping me understand. Yeah, well. Okay, well, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mindy, for coming.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out.
1: Thank you. It's
2: definitely going to help somebody.
1: Absolutely. Catch you on the next one. I'm getting better at my intro and my endings.
2: (laughs) Guys, we'll see you later.